Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you are always with us. We ask now that you would speak your word to us, that we would hear your word, and it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Kids, if you haven't already, elementary school, if you haven't already, you can head to the back to meet your teachers for their special program. If you'd like to head to the back, your teachers will meet you there. G.K. Chesterton once wrote, When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. Whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. Giving thanks. It's something that we think about each year at Thanksgiving time in November, certainly. Perhaps we pay it lip service throughout the rest of the year on things like Facebook posts with hashtag thankful or something like that. But the Bible gives us deep and lasting reason to be thankful all year round. If you would, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, which was read today, page 983, if you'd like to follow along in the red Bibles in front of you. Colossians chapter 1, page 983. And as we look together at our reading from Colossians this morning, we're going to, I'm going to throw a whole bunch of things at you, but I think it will make sense. Because I want us to see to whom we are to be thankful. We're then given some specific reasons why we are to be thankful. And then I think we'll see some ways that we can show it. How we can be thankful. To whom, why, and then how we give thanks in a way that God, uh, in a way that pleases God. So to begin with, just very briefly, we need to note that we give thanks to God. So my dad has done, some fast, had done a, a fascinating activity every year at Thanksgiving. Each year on Thanksgiving, he reads through the newspaper and tries to find any mention in all the articles about giving thanks. He tries to see if he can find any mention of anyone that we are to be thankful to. And over the years, he's noticed a, a marked change to the point at this point, he basically never finds uh, any mention of anyone that we are ever to be thankful to. Only a vague, generic sense of inner thankfulness. We say that we are thankful, but we don't actually feel that we have anyone to be thankful to. But verse 12 reminds us that we are to give thanks to God. Not generic thankfulness, but specific thankfulness to God, our Father. And with that, our passage then gives us three specific reasons why we give thanks to God. The first is this. We give thanks to God because God has qualified you. Look at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light? 
God has qualified you in Christ. Now note, this is really important. Note that this means that if God qualifies us, then we were not qualified previously. God would not qualify us if we were already qualified. He qualifies us precisely because on our own we are utterly unqualified to receive his promise, to receive his gift. We give thanks to God because he has qualified us. He has made us eligible. He has given us the ability to uh, inherit his promises with his people. We do not come by this on our own. We do not achieve this by working hard enough. We are qualified purely by God's grace and God's goodness to us. This is something that he does for us. And specifically in this passage, it says that he qualifies us to share in the inheritance. There is an inheritance for the people of God. An inheritance that we are in ourselves utterly unqualified to receive, but God in his mercy includes us so that we may inherit, so that we may receive along with his saints. I would love, I'm just being honest, probably the little sinner in me, but I would love to be qualified to inherit Bill Gates' fortune. I think I would probably like that very much. The problem, of course, is that I'm not qualified for that. I'm not his kid. I'm not a part of his family. I don't qualify for the privilege of inheriting along with his children. But when God says that he qualifies us to share in the inheritance of the saints, it's saying that we can now inherit because we are part of the family. We've been adopted into God's family through faith in Christ. We are qualified to receive all that God gives to his children because now in Christ we are his children. We are, as it says in Romans 8, we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. In Christ, we are adopted into God's family. We are qualified to inherit His promises, His gifts, His Holy Spirit, along with the saints. In Christ, we inherit more than we could ask or possibly imagine. We become God's children. We're united to Jesus so that His righteousness becomes ours. We're joined into a new family. The church, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we know that eternal life that awaits us one day begins even now. In Christ, we have a great inheritance. So let us give thanks to God, because he has qualified us. Second, give thanks to God, because he has delivered Verse 12 again, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. The Bible speaks of us in our sins as being trapped 
under this foreign occupying power of sin and death and darkness. And the image here is of being utterly trapped, locked away, no hope, in the dungeon, chained with no way out. Trapped under the domain of darkness. But God in his mercy and his glorious might sets us free. When I worked in Virginia, worked in a church in Virginia, one of my parishioners gave me a gift. Uh, she is an icon writer, and you can see the icon that she made for me on the screen. Uh, just as an interesting side note, you, it's when you make an icon, you don't say you painted an icon, you write an icon. So she is an icon writer. So she wanted to give me a gift. She wanted to make an icon, write an icon for me. And I have it hanging in my office, and this is a picture of it. So I am an utter buffoon when it comes to visual art. So she had to walk me through what I'm supposed to see as I looked at icons and such. And so she tried to help me pick what icon she wanted me to make, or wanted to make for me. And so she walked me through this one, uh, the, the scene of the resurrection. And she told me what the parts of the, uh, the icon symbolize, you know, why the rocks are leaning in and why the different colors and all these sorts of things, which I can tell you about another day. But there was one thing that she specifically pointed out, and I immediately, when she said it, I knew this was the one I wanted. Because she pointed out that's Adam and Eve being pulled out of their graves, being delivered from the domain of darkness. And there was one part that I absolutely loved, and it was this. You can go to that image right there. The part that I loved when she showed me was the grip Jesus has on their hands. He grabs them and pulls them out of the grave. They are not co-equal on this. They are quite passive. Their hand is limp, and he grabs and pulls them out of the grave. He delivers them from death, and all they can do is be grateful. You can't see it anymore. Maybe you can see that's Mary with her hand slightly extended up. That's her hand up in praise. All she can do is give thanks and praise for him grabbing her and lifting her up. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God has delivered us from the bondage to sin and death in the grave, and he has delivered us from the domain of darkness in which we were trapped. It is what he has done for us. So let us give thanks to God because he has delivered us. And third, give thanks to God because he has transferred you. Verse 12 again. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Deliverance brings us out of something bad. But then God transfers us into a new kingdom. Deliverance sets us free, but God doesn't stop there. Yes, he sets us free, but he then transfers us and welcomes us into his good 
and glorious kingdom. I saw a TV show recently where one of the characters had been kidnapped. And the others in the show worked to ensure his release. But when his captors, who were not exactly the nicest people on the planet, when they agreed to release him, they drove him bound and blindfolded out into a back alley in town and just pushed him out of the car to lie in the rain, bound and blindfolded, waiting for help. So technically, he was delivered. He had not at that point yet been transferred to anything good, but he wasn't trapped in the back room of the warehouse anymore. He wasn't under the power of the captors anymore, but he had not yet been brought to safety. His friends then had to go find him and bring him to a place of safety and security. See, in Jesus, we are not only delivered from the power of sin and death, but we are then transferred into God's kingdom. And we are welcomed into the domain of love and hope and healing and wholeness, which is only found in Jesus Christ himself. And we are set free and then brought into the kingdom of Jesus. So let us give thanks to God, because he has transferred us into his kingdom. So we give thanks to God, because he has qualified us, he has delivered us, and he has transferred us. We give thanks. But the question then becomes, how do we do that well? How do we give thanks to God well, in a way that pleases him? Because ultimately, we should give thanks to him in a way that he wants to receive. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't like, but the giver did? You've been there. Now, we're taught to say it's the thought that counts, or at least say that in our mind, probably not to the giver. But I'm not sure we want to always say it's the thought that counts with God. We should give thanks to Him in ways that He wants to receive our thanksgiving. And our passage this morning, as well as other places in Scripture, give us a number of ways to give thanks to God, ways that He tells us he wants to receive it. So very briefly, one way to give thanks to God that we see here is godliness, godly living. Living lives of obedience is one of the central ways that we give thanks to God. And in our passage, it calls for that. When you make godly choices, especially really hard ones, that choice is a form of great thanksgiving to God for what he has done for you. Verse 10 says that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, which is fully pleasing to him. We do not live godly, Christ-like lives in order to gain God's favor, but we follow him in obedience because he has already shown us his favor and love. We express our gratitude for his love and his mercy and his goodness by living rightly, by following him. And godly living is an essential way of giving thanks to God for his goodness to us. 
Another way to give thanks to God in a way that He wants to receive is to study. To study the person and nature of God, to study His works in the world, to study the Bible. Knowledge, truth, understanding, learning are all mentioned about nine times in just a couple verses in this passage from Colossians 1. Gaining knowledge of God is a key way that we express gratitude to Him. We value Him and what He has done for us, and we value the Word of God that He has given to us when we spend our time, spend our energy, spend our lives learning what He has said and done. As we understand better, it leads us to a better expression of our gratitude as we, as it says, increase in the knowledge of God. But unfortunately, what we end up doing is we somehow embrace for ourselves the famous title of the book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And if we're not careful, we end up living that way with our faith, thinking that we already know everything we really need to know. We know enough by now, thank you. But often it is as we dig in and learn as much as we can that we get drawn out of ourselves and into the love of God and the greatness of God. And one of the greatest ways, I'll just speak personally, that I have found my faith and love of God has grown has been through good academic study. Not study just for study's sake, but intentional commitment to know God better and to study His Word faithfully. Now, knowing God is far more than just knowing about God. But good study can help us truly come to know God Himself better and then respond with thankfulness to Him. We can respond in gratitude as we get to know God and His Word better. Godly living and good study. The last form of giving thanks that I'll note today something we're doing together right now. Worship. Especially corporate worship together as the church. Worshiping together is one of the absolutely central ways that God tells us He wants to receive our thanksgiving. When we worship together, even when it's hard to get here, or when the kids are screaming, or when you are just taking a brief sabbatical from your argument that you'll get right back into on the way home. When our hearts aren't fully in it. When we give of ourselves anyway. Then we are giving to God a form of thanksgiving that He wants to receive. And as we worship faithfully, we often find that it actually begins to give us joy as well. And our worship is actually very carefully designed to actually shape our hearts, to shape our longings, to train us to love and desire the right things. And as we do that, we should become deeply thankful to the Lord. There are parts of our worship service that honestly always put a big smile on my face. Because it always reminds me of the great salvation that we have in Christ, and I am deeply thankful. 
one of my absolute favorite lines that you'll hear in a few minutes at the Eucharist. By the resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. What joy. What depths of gratitude we should show when we are reminded of that. Godliness. Study. And worship. Friends, let us express our thankfulness to God because He has qualified us, He has delivered us, and He has transferred us into His kingdom. And let us express that thankfulness in ways that God wants to receive it in godly living, in study of His Word, and in faithful and passionate worship. And so I want to speak this over you from verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Amen.